0: All right, so John, starting in verse 26 of chapter 15, moving ahead through chapter 16, and this entire discord that we've been talking about, that John goes into great detail, again, of the uh, events and the things that Jesus said during Passion Week, that Jesus is talking to his disciples in kind of a different way, and you might have started picking up on that uh, back in chapter 15 as we were talking about that before. But here you really see... Uh, remember that we've recently, since John chapter 14, had the discussion of Jesus saying, in response to Philip's inquiry, how can we know the way? Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And we see that Jesus is, is getting some truths out there, making them very clear to the disciples. And they're beginning to, beginning to understand some things that Jesus wants them to know before he departs. And in light of that, Jesus spent some time talking about the Holy Spirit. And today we wanna talk about when the Spirit comes. Not that the Holy Spirit didn't come until Jesus left the earth. The Holy Spirit, as we know, has always been involved in, in the world and we'll take a look at that a little bit later. We'll have a chance to, to jump to all those references. But we're going to see that the Holy Spirit kind of has a new job ahead of him as Jesus completes his earthly ministry. And it's really important for us to understand because the Holy Spirit plays the same role for us that he was going to play in the early church. And we have to understand, as we talked about before, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all God, but they're not each other. They're separate persons of the Godhead. And there's a lot of differences when you compare Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gets into that in this lesson. And so I'm going to say one thing we want to do as we go through these verses is appreciate the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we talk in sports about underrated players. This player doesn't get the credit he deserves. He makes the team so much better, but we don't talk about this guy. Well, the Holy Spirit is that guy. He's that guy that if he's not on your team, your team's not going to be very su- successful in a spiritual sense. In fact, it's pretty pretty bleak, bleak and hopeless without the Holy Spirit involved in our ministry. And so that's a very, very important thing. So let's get into it here this morning. Let's look at. I've got it broken down to five sections here. The Spirit's role in witnessing, a stern warning, the Spirit's arrival, the Spirit's conviction, and the Spirit's communication as we go through all the way to John chapter 16 verse 15. And a couple of questions just to throw out there and one that you can go ahead and participate in right now. Can you think of a time that you lost something? Maybe you literally lost it, like I can't find this. Or maybe, you know, you had to give it up. Uh, but you got something better in its place.
1: You ever lose
0: something, it seemed bad at first, but then you got something that actually ended up being better? It might be a tough one to think about.
1: Do you ever
0: rent something and then end up buying something that was better and you got to keep it for a little longer? Well, I guess when I had to retire early, it was kind of hard. But oh, then right. I found out, I started you know, writing devotions for my Sunday school department, and I ended up writing a book. So you wouldn't have had time to write the book if you hadn't retired, mm-hmm. and you got to do that retirement may be a good example you're maybe maybe sad about not working i don't know if we're too sad about that but (laughs) but yeah and you you leave some friends behind but you go into a new phase of life anybody think of maybe an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend you're glad you never married that person (laughs) you lost something found something better maybe that better thing is with you today in some cases here yeah right when I worked at the (coughs) VA school, that was my first job after nursing school, and I was on one floor, um, a general medical, and I loved it. I loved the people, and uh, one day I went to work, and they said, oh, you're being transferred to, to another area of the hospital. I was so mad. And with the government, no choice. I mean, they didn't ask, would you like to move? It was like, you're going Monday. That's where I met him. Oh. Oh, very nice. Talk about an upgrade. Whoa. That's right. You didn't know you had a... You didn't know they had a husband at that had a new position there. You might have been a little more cooperative. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there could be some pros and cons there, but we'll, we'll accept the whole package. It worked out okay. Um, I remember there was a time that that budgets were tight and and um, there were some changes, and I ended up not having my contract renewed as a high school teacher in Cobb County, and. It, that was really kind of a blow to the to the ego and and I, would just, and I it was the weirdest thing ever because I had never applied for a job and been turned down and I applied for several jobs that summer and it just didn't work out and, and but it ended up um, it was late in the game but ended up applying to teach college I didn't realize that there were some colleges where you could teach full-time without a PhD and I only had a master's degree and it um, Would never have applied because that school always started later than high school did. So it was only because I didn't have a high school position that even was looking, you know, to start there a month later. And I got my first college teaching job and I've been doing that for over a decade. So there's a case where I lost something and wasn't real happy about it, but it turned out there was something better on the other side. And sometimes it's like that, and I want you to keep that in mind, as Jesus is talking with his disciples. And he has told them several times that I'm about to go away. And that seems like terrible news. Like, don't leave me, Jesus. We need you. But Jesus is letting them know, although I am leaving, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And you're actually better off this way for reasons we'll talk about today. Let's get into this here. Um, as we thought about that, also think about what what does the Holy Spirit do for believers today? A very important thing to think about as Jesus informs us. So appreciating the Holy Spirit, we're going to go through these five sections together. And I don't know, I might have some repeating letters today. You might guess. Well, You'll have to wait and see what they are, though. Let's get into chapter 15, the last two verses. And here's what Jesus says, when the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. So notice there's two witnesses about Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to... um, the implication he's going to leave, it doesn't say in these two verses, but we'll talk more about that. But he says, I'm going to send him to you. I mean, how is Jesus going to send him to us if he's with us, right? So already the implication here is Jesus is going to be somewhere else, He's going, to, but he's going to send us something. Not exactly a care package, but rather a helper or a counselor, depending on the translation. The spirit of truth, more to say about that later. But from the Father. You see the whole... Trinity cooperating, this is a really cool verse. We have Jesus sending us the Holy Spirit from the Fathers, all three persons of the Trinity in full cooperation here. The Father up in heaven, Jesus is going to be away from us, but the Spirit is coming to us and with a purpose. And you see the primary purpose here is to testify about me. And what you'll notice is the Holy Spirit doesn't share about himself. The Holy Spirit isn't about saying, hi, I'm the Holy Spirit and I'm great. The Holy Spirit isn't interested in that. And you know people like that, don't you? It's never about them. They want to work behind the scenes. They don't want to be in the spotlight. They just want to do things for others. Well, that very much is a trait of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to make a big deal, but not about Spirit itself about Jesus. That is the primary job of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus, let people know about Jesus. We're going to talk about why it's so important to proclaim Jesus, but we notice that the Holy Spirit is there to testify, and then Jesus is letting his disciples know, his followers know, you also are going to testify, and the Holy Spirit is going to come alongside you to testify about me. That's what Jesus is saying. And so this really makes me think of, you know, um, in, you know, think of, you know, if if the gospel is a movie, we know Jesus is the main character. And, you know, and often in a movie, you don't always remember a movie for the lead character. Sometimes that lead character has a sidekick and the sidekick is often more entertaining than the lead character. Right? and you think about these teams that maybe together are more than just you know the original. I mean you can think of some famous sidekicks, right? Batman and Robin Robin. Robin. <laughs> okay. Can you think of those other teams? Abbott and Costello. Right. We think of these teams that together, you know, they, they worked in tandem. Well, so here's a, where the Holy Spirit He comes alongside us. I don't I, he's not just a sidekick though, he really is the main event. But again, he likes to work behind the scenes and he comes alongside of us in our ministry to testify about Jesus. So it's a real, a real deep thought. It's real, real personal to me that we're not alone when we're testifying about Jesus. He doesn't want us, even though Jesus has departed from the earth for a time, he doesn't want us to be alone. It's not his will for us to be alone. We're not alone. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us as a support to us. So that's something to keep in mind. His primary purpose is to testify about Jesus to others, but he also helps us feel that same responsibility we have to tell people about Jesus. And it's good to know. You ever feel like you're all alone when you're trying to talk to somebody about spiritual things, but you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is there to prompt you to bring things to your memory to even give us things to say that we might not even have thought to say. Take a look at this. The Spirit reveals. The Spirit reveals. The Spirit reminds. The Spirit is right there supporting us because the Spirit delights in testifying about Jesus. So if you start to testify about Jesus, you've got a not just a fan, but you've got a teammate who's right there with you to help you. Look at these verses, uh, first of all, in Luke chapter 12. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, this is Jesus speaking, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So we have a teammate who will sometimes... uh, you know, if, if you're ever in a school play and you knew if you couldn't remember one of your lines in rehearsal, you know, that the teacher might, you know, whisper that line to you or remind you what you're supposed to say next while you're learning your parts. Hopefully not during the production, but if necessary, they would do that too. The Holy Spirit is there to remind us what our lines are. We don't have any idea what the script's supposed to be. The Holy Spirit will speak to us if we'll listen, and he will We don't have to over-prepare. I think apologetics is great. I think you should have an answer in advance for the issues of the day, and you should study to show yourself approved. But at the same time, it's not about us memorizing a script. We have the Holy Spirit to prompt us and, and, and to lead us into what we should say. We don't need to have a planned speech. We just need to have an idea of what we believe and trust the Holy Spirit to give us the words to say in those situations. And look at this in Acts chapter 5, verse 32. And we are witnesses to these things. This time, Peter is talking, I believe, if I recall correctly. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is there as a supporting witness to help us testify about Jesus. We are not alone. We feel alone sometimes, as this world is sometimes against us. doesn't want to hear spiritual truth. But we have someone in our corner. The Holy Spirit is there and delights in testifying Jesus and reminding us, teaching us on the fly what we ought to say. And He is there as a witness. So we're not on our own, are we? We're partly not on our own because we're together. We gather together, encourage one another to be witnesses together. But most of all, we have the Holy Spirit in our corner. Okay? An even better coach than rocky's coach all right we've got him in our corner encouraging us to go out in the next round and yeah we might we might get slapped around a little bit by that other boxer but the fact is we get back in the fight knowing that ultimately we win the victory right isn't it great that unlike rocky who didn't always win his fight we know ultimately i've read the last book and we win all right so however difficult it can be to be a witness for jesus at times we have this assurance to get back in there and the Holy Spirit will be right there with us, coaching us up as we get back into the fight. All right, until we can finally say, I have fought the good fight, like Paul said. So a supporting testimony, the Oscar for supporting actor in the church goes to the Holy Spirit. Doesn't want to make a big deal about himself. Isn't the main show. It's all about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit will help us exalt the lord to the world around us so that's a very important role that's our job until jesus comes back to proclaim him and the holy spirit is right here with us helping us do that very thing so again it's not about us it's not about our cleverness it's not about our uh, ability it's about our faithfulness and being helped and equipped and sensitive to and following the leadership of the holy spirit that is how jesus gets exalted Smyrna, Georgia, in the United States, across the world. So we have that. But we see that we really do need the support of the Holy Spirit. We really do need someone in our corner because things are not always going to be easy in this world. As we move ahead into chapter 16, Jesus reminds us of something, that things are not always going to be easy. Now, I have verses 1 through seven in my lesson here. And I'm just noticing there might be a little discrepancy. Have I actually added verses? I've actually added verses. I don't usually do that. Yeah. Well, we're going to cover verse one through seven because I already studied it up. <laughs> so, they we're going to jump to seven. <coughs> I'm going to pull a brother can and include verses that aren't actually in, in the, yeah, the book this time. More, I yeah, one. like well, there's verse seven i was going to read it out of my book i guess i guess i'm not going to do that i'm gonna read it right here off the screen with you let's go ahead and, and not skip over this i will be brief so we don't run out of time but look at verses one through three things are not always going to be easy for the believer that's why we need a coach in our corner we need the support of the holy spirit jesus goes on to tell the disciples i have told you these things to keep you from stumbling." They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, the time's coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. Well, um, and I will say, these are some, some great verses and some familiar verses to me. Um, one thing I like about exploring the Bible is that we eventually we get back to where we were. And ironically, I think it was must have been about, given the seven-year cycle, 14 years ago I was teaching in Heart Road Baptist through these same verses. So I had some notes I could look at, which was really good because it was kind of a crazy week. And I guess then we just did chapter 16, 1 through 17, or something like that. And so I just assumed we had included these verses again. But sometimes things get changed up a little bit. But here, this warning that we're in a difficult time, And I don't know, if you heard these words when you were growing up, maybe they would have seen, yeah, yeah, right, whatever. That happened to Jesus' disciples, but it doesn't happen anymore. What do you think now, though? Are we in a day where people could literally be put to jail and persecuted, maybe even killed because of what they believe? Did we not just have a shooting at a Christian school like two weeks ago in Tennessee? Because of the beliefs and teachings of that school because they adhere to the scriptures and someone was upset about things they didn't accept and we are increasingly in an age of persecution and well scripture says it's not going to get better it's going to get worse and worse as we go into the end times so we have to be courageous and understand that this isn't just about what happened in Jesus day it isn't just about when Christians were fed to the lions by the Roman emperors. We are entering a new age of persecution, as we just as it was at the beginning, so it will be at the end. Because ultimately, a world that rejects Jesus is going to reject his followers. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I've told you these things. Let's not fool ourselves and think that a world that crucified our Savior is going to accept us with open arms when we share it. The fact is, it's becoming more and more overt as our country becomes less and less a Christian nation and more and more a secular nation. So, entering a difficult time, we're going to need someone to support us so that we can continue to to be bold and courageous in our witness. Just uh here's here's what John recorded just a chapter ago, and these are verses we skipped over. So here's another chance, another excuse to throw in some extra verses from John. We're going, we're going full brother can today, all right? So now I've got all back into chapter fifteen, so it's the verses we skipped, but here's what Jesus said in the same discourse to his disciples. If the world hates you, know it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love you as your own. But because you're not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. They didn't accept Jesus. They're not going to accept our testimony either. That's just the nature of the situation. And so we have to have that courage. And that's why we need to encourage one another. And more and more as the times wind out servant's not greater than his master. So understand that that the world a world that increasingly rejects Jesus is going to be increasingly hostile to people of faith and we just have to take good courage. We live in, shall we, a sinister time. A dangerous time, a time where people get stabbed in the back by people they thought were friends. And we more and more are Experiencing what was present to those early believing Jews who are disowned by their own families because they named the name of Christ. But all the more for us to be courageous. That's where we are. But remember, we are not alone. We together serve the Lord and the Holy Spirit is right there with us, testifying. So then we go into the next part of this discourse that we're going to do all of 4 through 7. Our books only have verse 7, but it all points to this. So let's go ahead and read all the way up to there. But I have told you these things, so that when their time comes, you will remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asked me where you're going yet, because I have spoken these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Hmm. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. There's a trade-off here. There's a trade-off. Jesus is going away, and there's the whole background. You can see how we could have just really picked up with verse 7 if we wanted to. But I kind of like having the whole build up there. That I'm going away. I've hinted this several times. You look at the scripture numerous times in the gospel. Jesus has hinted that he's going away. He's not going to stay on the earth forever. We know that he went back to heaven. Of course, at this point, it's been thousands of years since since he walked the earth with the disciples. But the fact that he was going away... It wasn't all bad news. As we talked about, there's actually, notice that phrase, it's for your benefit that I go away. And again, you can imagine, you know, Peter trying to clasp the Lord's feet. No, don't leave us, right? Stay here. We need you. But the fact is that he had to go away. It's better for us to have the Holy Spirit in his place. It's not that Jesus doesn't see us, it's not that Jesus doesn't hear our prayers but there's one Jesus and Jesus is only in one place at a time. Jesus took the form of a man and Jesus walked the earth and he went to one place at a time. If Jesus was in Nazareth, then he wasn't in Capernaum. If he was in Capernaum, he wasn't in Jerusalem. If he was in Jerusalem, he wasn't in Bethany. Jesus willingly took on some restrictions. And like us, he can only be in one place at a time. He's chosen not to be omnipresent. He's not in all places at the same time. But what about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The Holy Spirit is in all places at the same time. So when Philip is walking with the Ethiopian eunuch, On the road south the Holy Spirit is with him when Peter is talking to Jews in Jerusalem the Holy Spirit is with him when Andrew goes off to the east towards India the Holy Spirit was with him the Holy Spirit when we depart this room goes with every believer in all the different directions we go even if we don't go to lunch in the same place the Holy Spirit will bless each of your meals the Holy Spirit is Different in his nature, even though he shares all the qualities of God. And that means that Jesus, it was okay for Jesus to only be in one place at a time. Because ultimately, he only needed to really go to one place. The hill of Golgotha. To die on the cross, to pay for our sins. But to share the message around the world, we need the support of the Holy Spirit. And that is one of the huge benefits. So it's a trade, but it's a favorable trade for us if we want to proclaim Jesus. As much as it would be nice to walk in the room here, Hi, I want to tell you about Jesus. Say hi to Jesus. And he's standing right next to me. That would be kind of cool. But could you imagine if you had to sign up, right, like a celebrity? Well, we will not get Jesus back until February of 2027. So make sure you enjoy his visit today that's not the way it is we worship jesus we're not constrained to one time and place but we have the advantage of the holy spirit who helps us proclaim him wherever we are and even though we cannot point and say meet jesus we can still testify about him anywhere we are throughout the whole world we can worship him in smyrna at the same time someone in europe can worship him a couple hours later And someone in Asia can worship him a couple hours later, or a couple hours earlier, as the case may be, the way the international dateline works. I think they've already worshiped Jesus, and our hour is coming. Across the world, we can all worship the same Savior, because we have the Holy Spirit with us, and we're not dependent on getting a time slot with Jesus, who can only be in one place at a time. So as much as we wish we could walk with Jesus, and we one day in heaven will be able to walk in Jesus' literal presence, for now, it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is communicating to them, what seemed like really bad news, I'm going away, was replaced with good news, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, so you can tell people about me. I spent three and a half years with you, disciples, but now it's time for you to go and be my witnesses. And for generation after generation of believers to be witnesses. So Jesus is in heaven with the Father, but he sees us and he sends his Holy Spirit to be right here with us when we most need him. When we need a word of encouragement, when we need a feeling of comfort, the Holy Spirit that indwells every believer is there to be right with us at all times, in all places. It wasn't always like that, by the way. You might remember, um, though the Holy Spirit was on the earth before Jesus came and before Jesus left, you might remember David saying something curious in the Psalms. Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit came upon and indwelt individuals at times, but it was not a permanent presence. It was sometimes he would show up. And inspire someone to write or to sing or to do something. Um, Some of the acts of maybe even Samson and his supernatural strength maybe that could be attributed to the Holy Spirit. I'm not really sure if that was, but I think I mean, where did the strength come? It came from God. So the Holy Spirit there to to equip and empower individuals to live for Him throughout the ages. But we have something special because we know Jesus. We have a permanent relationship and indwelling of the Holy Spirit that people before Jesus did not enjoy. So it wasn't, it was, it was both a new and an old thing that Jesus was promising his believers. There's a lot really to, we can go into there. Let's look at a couple of cross references here. As you can see, I have just a few, because the Holy Spirit's been really busy. The Holy Spirit is throughout the Bible. God is at work in the world, and the Holy Spirit is his people. The Father resides in heaven. Jesus now resides in heaven for a while to walk the earth. The Holy Spirit has always been going to and fro throughout the earth and equipping and inspiring people. And so just a couple of the many things we could have chosen to talk about. First, uh, John, actually both of these are out of John chapter 7. So back in verse 33, let's go back to some things John told us earlier. Jesus said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me where I am. You cannot come. Now, in those verses, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the crowd. But Jesus said something very similar later on to the disciples. Very recently we read about that. Where I'm going, you cannot come. That's what led to the whole discussion about Jesus being the way true in life with Philip and the other disciples. So, um, again, Jesus had told them time and time again he was leaving. And then notice what Jesus said to the crowd a little later. We studied these verses a while back. But now let's look at them in a new light as Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going away and I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. And remember what Jesus said in verse 37 through 39? On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me. Did that say, if anyone is spiritual enough, if anyone is lead pastor, if anyone um, has been touched by a special apostle and speaks in tongues, is that what that says? I don't think that's what I just read. I think I just read, whoever believes in me. Do you believe in Jesus? Then this is you. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he's not talking about water. He's talking about water as a symbol, as you see here, of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not been glorified. Well, we just celebrated Easter. I'm pretty sure Jesus has been glorified. And this verse is teaching us, as you look at it in the light of today's lesson, that every believer has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You do not have to reveal any kind of visible spiritual sign. You do not have to be a charismatic to have the Holy Spirit. We should not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I'm not Convinced that the gift of tongues is something that the Holy Spirit does in the modern day Nor do I, I certainly do not think as some people do that it's some kind of a litmus test that you're a real believer The Holy Spirit does everything from inspiring teaching to inspiring helping to Most of all inspiring Testifying about Jesus you show me someone who testifies about Jesus I'll show you somebody who's under the influence of the Holy Spirit who's a true believer you show money who, who talks in weird nonsense language and doesn't say anything about Jesus. I don't believe they have the Holy Spirit. I think it's just a, a show. It's an act. It's a false thing, I think. It has to be accompanied with what Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit is here to testify about me. Now, if somebody actually speaks in another language, like happened in New Testament days, and they're testifying about Jesus, then I'm willing to believe that. But the fact is, every true believer has the Holy Spirit in its corner to remind us, to inspire us some in things to say, and to help us, support us in testifying about Jesus. You witness about Jesus, the Holy Spirit helps you do that. And that's the best evidence that you're a believer that I can think of. And that's what Jesus is saying right here. It's for all believers. The Holy Spirit isn't just for some believers, and it's certainly not just for some denominations. for every believer. you ought to have the holy spirit in your heart bubbling up with things you want to say about jesus because you know him and you long to testify about him and so that is what jesus is teaching here yes i'm going away but i'm sending you living water within you so that thirsty people can be satisfied with the gospel from your lips every one of us is charged to be a witness And to be a source of living water to those around us. And that's what the Holy Spirit equips us to do. Even though if we haven't been to Bible college. Even if we're not the pastor. Just share Jesus with somebody. The Holy Spirit will help you do that. And who knows what might happen. So, this is not always true about Atlanta sports teams. But in this case, there was a sensible trade. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but don't worry. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit in my place. And it's going to be to your benefit. You're going to be better off with the Holy Spirit equipping you and supporting you to testify about me. It's going to be even better than if I was here with you. And we've talked about some of the reasons why. So that gets us through verse 7. And now we're going to move into verses 8 through 11. These are actually in your books. Let's read them together. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. As we testify about Jesus, we have to understand... That although we have good news to share, just like the fact that Jesus had to leave for the Holy Spirit to come, it's not all good news. Isn't it? The gospel isn't all good news. It wouldn't be good news if not for the bad news that preceded it. The bad news is that we are sinners, that we've fallen short of the glory of God, and we're in danger of the judgment of God. And I want you to notice that the Holy Spirit isn't here to mince words. The Holy Spirit isn't here to make us just feel good. The Holy Spirit is here to share truth, as we're going to talk about in the last section. And that truth involves some hard truths. The truth about sin.
1: The truth about that we are not
0: righteous. That we needed the Holy Lamb of God, the only righteous one, to die in our place because we cannot pay our own sin debt. That we have no hope of standing before God on the basis... Of the good we think we've done. We cannot do enough good to be accepted by God. We must be accepted by faith on on the basis of his grace. And only then, with the help of the Holy Spirit, can we actually do anything good. And there is a day of judgment coming for the world. And if we are not faithful to witness to that, we are no good to a world that is dying and on the road to hell. We must defend the truth of the gospel because a gospel without the penalty of sin is no gospel at all. And the Holy Spirit is here to do one thing above all yes, to testify about Jesus, but to testify about Jesus, it must convict about sin i'll say he must convict about sin i don't like calling the holy spirit it because he's a person he's god all right so i will give him the masculine term he he as just as jesus did when he comes he didn't say it this weird foreign outer space spirit he's talking about god's spirit and you see throughout the scripture the holy spirit sometimes called the holy spirit sometimes called the spirit of the father sometimes called the Spirit of God. All these are the same entity, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he comes to convict, to convict. And this concerns me about many a church. There's many a churches that people can sit at and sing happy songs and celebrate and kumbaya and no one is ever convicted about sin. And if no one's ever convicted about sin, I would have to question whether the Holy Spirit is, is operating there. The Holy Spirit wants to support us in testifying about Jesus. But the Holy Spirit isn't about covering up the, the truth. is isn't about hiding the details. And you see here, there are some very, very serious truths that we need to talk about. If we're going to testify about Jesus, why did Jesus even come? Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he have to die? Because we were guilty of death. Because we were separated from God by our sin. Because we were guilty. And that guilt had to be paid, just like it always was in the Old Testament with the sacrifice of an animal. And the Holy Spirit is here to set us straight on why Jesus came and why we need the good news of the Gospel because we were lost and without hope. Only through Jesus. I like that. last like, Because the ruler of, of this world has been judged. That's Satan. That is Satan. That old serpent who works against the church and has for thousands of years. The same one who, who was a busybody went up to heaven one day and said, uh, when God said, you considered my servant Job? And, and Satan said, ah, he only follows you because you're good to him, right? Satan's been making trouble from the beginning, right? Accusing the saints. It's that same one. It's exactly, and notice that, past tense, he has been judged. Satan has already been found guilty of all of his lies. He's the father of lies all of his crimes against humanity, all of his um, tricking people into thinking that they were good and didn't need the gospel, um, all the things that Jesus does to work against. So, um, back to the analogy of a fight, right? Jesus was victorious on the cross, but now the battle is really between Satan and the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Holy Spirit supporting us, the church, as we testify to the gospel and Satan lie. You don't need that. Did God really say you can't eat of that fruit? Right? He was a liar from the beginning, even with Adam and Eve. God is into this mess, and he wants to keep us under the penalty of sin. And that's exactly who he's talking about here. That old Satan. Um, it's interesting that if you want to trace the battle between the Holy Spirit and Satan, you can go, all, go back to Jesus and his temptation remember that Jesus was led out to be uh, to fast for 40 days and Satan tempted him but who prompted Jesus to go out into the wilderness the Holy Spirit and who refreshed him at the end of those 40 days of fasting angels came and to him and the Holy Spirit gave him the strength to go back to town when he hadn't eaten for 40 days so Throughout Jesus even Jesus ministry from the very start Satan was against him and the Holy Spirit was supporting him And here the, the same thing happens to us The Holy Spirit Gives us the message, but yes, it very much is that ruler of the world Paul calls him the prince of the powers of the air and that was before broadcast TV by the way Even more so right the message, right? Uh, do you think it's an accident? That we have a, a dishonest and biased news media. And there has been a problem in many countries before. Russia's always had this problem. The control of information. Satan, the father of lies, wants to control the information and very much does a good job of that. Um, too good of a job in our day, I would say. <laughs> so, yeah. Very much we're talking about the old devil here. So, but he's been judged. Doesn't the scripture say he knows his time is short, as said in the book of Revelation? And he's furious about it. He's making as much trouble as he can, like a kid kicking and screaming before he gets dragged away and goes to his room. So it's a very perilous time that we live in, but understand the Holy Spirit is here to share the truth. And the truth is that we're all sinners, and we're all guilty before God, and our only hope is about our faith in Jesus. He is the one. But conviction about sin. Nobody believes in sin anymore except God and the Holy Spirit and the true believers of the church. We know the truth. Sin's still a problem. All sin separates us from God, and we must believe in Jesus to be forgiven. He is the righteousness. Notice that's another part of what the Holy Spirit helps us testify: that Jesus is the only righteous one. Right? There are people who mock Jesus. There are people who doubt Jesus. There's there's even been movies about Jesus daydreaming, about, you know, things that Jesus would never do. There's a lot of blasphemous thoughts in our day, but the Holy Spirit is here to set the record straight. All that's here. Let's look at just a couple of examples here that the Holy Spirit has always been there supporting, accompanying those who are testifying about Christ. How about Peter as he preached in Acts chapter 2? I'll give you just a snippet of it, because I don't have time to go through that whole glorious uh, message that Peter preached. This is the day that Peter preached, and 3,000 men got saved. This was, by the way, a day the Holy Spirit was very much present. Remember what happened on Pentecost? True bona fide speaking in tongues happened the day. It was a sign. It was done by the Holy Spirit. This was absolutely legitimate. People heard people speaking in their native language that didn't speak their language. Notice it wasn't something incoherent. It wasn't some kind of spirit language. It was the Holy Spirit enabling people to do what they ordinarily couldn't do. Isn't that a good picture of what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit takes a timid believer and makes them bold to share the gospel. You ever felt like Moses? Lord, I can't do that. You got the wrong man for the job or the wrong lady. For, I can never do that. But it's the Holy Spirit. You know what else the Holy Spirit is compared to? Didn't Paul say, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? You know what those two things have in common? Under those two influences, people do things they wouldn't ordinarily do. In the case of a drunk person, they might not want to hear about it the next day because they might be really embarrassed. But the fact is, the Holy Spirit will cause us to act in a way we normally don't. He'll cause us to be holy, even though we still have sinful tendencies. He'll cause us to be bold, even when we have reason to be afraid. But the difference will be quite different than someone under the influence of wine. So the Holy Spirit, remember Peter? Wasn't he the guy who denied the Lord three times? Oh, I don't know the guy. That wasn't me. Oh, Jesus? Never heard of him. He wasn't bold at the end of the Gospels. But look at him in Acts chapter 2 under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He preached a bold message. And at the end of it, those that heard were cut to the heart. Remember how I said the Holy Spirit convicts of sin? Goodness, when you witness about Jesus, obviously, don't be a jerk. Don't be mean for no reason. But on the other hand, Don't be afraid not to offend people because the Holy Spirit needs to convict people about their sin. Don't hold back the truth because it might offend somebody. Say it politely. Say it nicely. Say it with a smile and full of compassion. But by all means, share the truth and let the Holy Spirit cut someone to the heart so that they will repent and be saved. That is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It's not about making people happy, is it? Brothers, what shall we do? The response, because they were cut to the heart, because they realized they had put Jesus on the cross. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And what will happen? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Once again, the Holy Spirit is for all believers. Every genuine believer has the indwelling influence and power of the Holy Spirit not just for the big boys, all of us have the Holy Spirit as our support. We see it right here in the scriptures. And then moving on to Acts chapter 17, later in the story, this is Paul speaking now. The times of ignorance got overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, that's Jesus, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. That is the message the Holy Spirit wants to proclaim. The same message that Paul boldly spoke to a group of pagan Greeks is the message God wants us to speak to a postmodern world that no longer believes in truth, and we just have to keep boldly proclaiming it, whether it's popular or not. Whether it's widely known or almost nobody knows about it anymore, the Holy Spirit wants people to know the truth of the gospel. Don't be afraid to share it because you've got the Holy Spirit in your corner. And the message is, there is a day of judgment coming. Don't be ashamed of that. At least know you warned somebody before it was too late that they could be ready for that day of judgment. Might sound like an old fashioned gospel, but the gospel hasn't changed in the last 50 years, even if the world has. Don't be ashamed of it, because there's a sobering truth the world needs to hear. And that's the truth about our sin, that our sin separates us from God. And only faith in Jesus can bridge the gap and bring us peace with God and acceptance with God. And the Holy Spirit is still in the saving business. Aren't you glad about that? Well, let's look at the last section here. So we wrap up. There's the sobering truth. Sin and judgment. As we wrap up here in a somewhat long section, verses 12 to 15, let's take a look at them together. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but what he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me. Because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. In passing again, the beautiful nature of the Trinity, that Jesus gives us everything because everything the Father has also belongs to Jesus because they're both God and they fully cooperate. And the Holy Spirit delivers that to us. In a sense, the Holy Spirit is better than Amazon ever could be. Those little packages we get at the door, that just came from some store. Okay, whatever. Plus, I had to pay for that, really? But the Holy Spirit for free equips us, not for some home improvement project, not with some new outfit. Those are nice. But with the ability to glorify God, with and with most of all, let's just focus on this as we wrap up. He will guide you into all the truth. You ever ever wish you understood more about the Bible? You don't need to wait for the next Sunday for Brother Ken to come up here and explain God's word. Because the author of the book lives in your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand. You have the ultimate teacher. It's not me. The ultimate teacher is the Holy Spirit. Ever come across a handwritten note, maybe from your spouse, and you can't make it out? And say, what is this? I can't read this. Well, they know. You know why they know? They wrote it. You run across something in the scriptures, and you're not sure what it means. Can't really make it out. Why not ask the author? The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. Yes, God used men to write down the words on the page. But the Holy Spirit, he is our spiritual tour guide. And he will take us through the scriptures and show us every little stop along the way and every little fact we didn't know. The Holy Spirit knows it all. And he's right there with you in your study time. He's right there with you in your prayer time. He's right there with you when you're proclaiming the Lord To those who need him, he is the guide into all truth. And I want you to know that he, above all, is our teacher. Make sure, you know, so many times I, as a math instructor, get frustrated when my students struggle and they didn't bother to ask for help. I wonder if the Holy Spirit sometimes feels the same way. We neglect to use the resource that Jesus promised us to do his will. Oh, my goodness. What a resource. We don't have any time to go through this, but if you look at 1 John chapter 4, you'll see that John, later on in his letter that he wrote, said, we know the difference between those who are under the influence of Satan, and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Test the spirits, whether they are from God. Do they testify that Jesus has come in the flesh, then there's someone speaking by the Spirit of God. If they deny it, they don't have the Holy Spirit. You can tell by somebody's testimony if they have the Holy Spirit or not, if they're a true believer. It's the greatest assurance of our faith when we, along with the help of the Holy Spirit, testify who Jesus really is and our need for him. He will guide us into truth and never into error. You'll never go wrong following the Holy Spirit. Other tour guides can't vouch for them. Good luck. but if you follow the Holy Spirit you never go off course. you never go into error. Keep following the one who called you. The Holy Spirit will guide us and equip us along the way. He is our spiritual teacher. A lot to appreciate here. Aren't you glad the Lord Jesus he's been away a long time. Aren't you glad that He's still Jesus? us? Aren't you glad that he died for our sins and he sent us the Holy Spirit to equip us to be his witnesses? We really have everything we need, don't we? We really do. Well, we're going to go into John chapter 17 and then 18 for two weeks after this. A little summary of some of the things we talked about today. The Holy Spirit shows people they need to obtain Jesus' righteousness by faith. He points us to Jesus and teaches believers truth from God. Know the resources you have. That's his job. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for equipping us and coming alongside us as we testify about Jesus. We know that that is your delight. You delight to exalt the Son of God to the world. Help us to be available to you and to learn from you and to boldly share the truth in a world that isn't particularly interested in confronting its sin. Help us to be gentle and to be polite and to be persistent and to be loving and to be bold that we might let Smyrna know that Jesus is Lord. He is the way, the truth and life and the only way to the Father. Let's worship and exalt Him here in this place this morning, as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, God.